appreciate you make it impossible for me to follow you now, Tanya. That's a, that's a good thing, although, Scott, none of us can follow you today. That was some... <laughs> of all the Sundays I've been with you, this was one of them for sure. That's a... <laughs> you ever notice that sometimes you can get into conversations, but you can't get out? Have you ever, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Are you aware that Jesus was in an ongoing conversation with his disciples? They, they didn't uh, mind so much what he was saying, but there were others who heard the conversation, and rather than accept his teaching, they wanted to kill him. The book of John is a series of uh, I am passages, and throughout the book, there are many, many, many ways Jesus builds on the great formula of who God was in the Old Testament, the great I am. So Jesus told his disciples one day before Abraham was, I am. They clearly know that that was only designed to be a reference to God. And so some thought he was a blasphemer and they sought to kill him. Jesus begins to build on a prophecy of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was faulting the people of Israel for having gone stale in their covenant with God. They just had disdain for following the commandments of God. And when the prophets tried to awaken their most holy sacred faith in God, they were hostile with the prophets. So Jeremiah said, woe to the shepherds that are scattering my sheep and destroying my flock. He goes on in Jeremiah chapter 23 and says, there are three problems with the shepherds that do that. Number one, they don't give the people the word of God. You see, we, we don't preach ourselves, the apostle Paul said. We determine to know nothing among you except Christ. Christ is the center of our faith. Are you aware that in the New Testament, the word pastor appears two times? I believe I'm right on that. And the other times, the common word, the translation for the word pastor is shepherd. So Christ is speaking to the leaders of the people and the imperative for them to embody the faith. And he says, you'll pay a price for that. The world hates me, the world's going to hate you. But he said this, I am the good shepherd. There's only one gate, and the sheep come in by that gate, and they have everlasting life. Now Jesus said this about the sheep. He lays his, his life down for them. Nobody takes his life. But the Lord, our helper, our healer, gives you himself in order that you, the people of God, might have all of the benefits God designed you to have. That's worth an amen. God gives himself to you freely. He lays himself down for your well-being. Now notice, Jesus wants the disciples to feed his sheep and to love his sheep. 
They're not supposed to fleece the sheep. Ever felt like you've been getting fleeced? He doesn't love the sheep so that you can eat the sheep. The Old Testament says we're the people of his pasture and we're the sheep of his hand. He's talking about believers. He doesn't want us to make a reputation for ourselves off his sheep. We got more sheep than the sheep people down the road. Jesus says, I want to know my sheep. And they want to know me. They know my voice. And I know their voice. What is it that the good shepherd wants to do? Say, are you aware of the fact that your senior pastor isn't Ron? Your senior pastor is Jesus. He's the good shepherd. When the apostle Paul told Timothy to appoint people for church, he didn't say that the people were supposed to be the, the senior pastor. He says, go appoint elders that have this kind of character as witness to in their lives. Isn't it interesting that the criteria for being a, an elder in the church is conduct and character, who we are as people. It's not about how we stack up with the other sheep guys or gals. It's the fact that Jesus, the good shepherd, is the head of his church. And all that we do here is held accountable by him. Now, if that's true, and that's true about Trinity today, what are we accountable to? Well, the first thing we're accountable to is to recognize that he gives us his heavenly father so that his heavenly father can give us salvation. He wants to be the good shepherd that's trustworthy. He wants to give away freely his salvation. Do you know that the Old Testament says truth is confirmed in the mouth of two or more witnesses? And I want to call three witnesses that the Good Shepherd had much to do with this morning in this place. Are you ready to hear? Ready to hear the truth from the three witnesses of Jesus this morning? The first witness is Simon Peter. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? You know what's fascinating about this in Caesarea Philippi? It was a great great place in the Roman Empire. The Apostle Paul gave his defense to Agrippa there. It's in a Roman amphitheater where the, the acoustics there are like this. If you stand in one place, it's as if you had the loudest microphone. You could whisper and people all over, wherever they're seated, could hear you. I preach there. It's amazing that it, it's still in the same kind of pristine condition that it was. It was my privilege to pray with the mayor of Caesarea Philippi in that place, and he took me home to meet his family for dinner. I think that's the way it was with Jesus. 
He was just trying to have conversation and relate to the people. And so he asked this question in Caesarea. Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? You see, there's a personal question between you and the Good Shepherd today, who's the senior pastor at Trinity Church. Who is Jesus to you? And who are you to Jesus? I want to encourage you today. I can say with a definite word that's not the word of Ron Smith today. I can tell you from the word of God who Jesus is says that you are. Simon Peter answered his question and said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, Cephas, Petra, it means the rock. And on this rock, I'll build my church. What rock? The rock that Jesus is the Messiah. The one who is God's promised one, who alone has words of eternal life. The disciples said, to whom else can we go, Lord? Where else can we go? You are the only one who has words of life. See, sisters and brothers, there's an urgency in the message. You can talk to one another. You can listen to the words of a pastor. But in all of eternity, the last word and the first word you've ever heard is the word God spoke. He spoke our world into existence, and it's with him all of you have to do. And if you're going to have... Uh, a day that fulfills this verse of Scripture, it's appointed unto people to die once. And after death, the judgment. Wouldn't you like to know the prelude to the judgment? And here it is. You're blessed by Christ's Father. And the Father reveals to you that Jesus Christ is the Son that He gave, His only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in Him should have everlasting life. Do you know that when Simon Peter got to write his book, which wasn't one of the Gospels, but the book of 1 Peter, you know what he said? You all are living stones, you see? And you are being built on the chief cornerstone who is the rock. And so we used to teach our kids in Bible school, Jesus is the rock of my salvation, his banner over me is love. God loves you with an everlasting love. He told Simon Peter, and that dude was a mess. I mean, he's the guy that when they fell asleep in the prayer meeting, picked up a sword and cut a guy's ear off. I don't think you want him as your prayer partner, actually. Maybe you do. You see, there was a before and after. And after Simon Peter becomes the great bishop in the church. In the Roman Catholic tradition, the first pope. That's good. 
how do you get a pope out of the guy that cuts somebody's head off in the prayer meeting? Here's the way you do it. A God who transforms isn't finished with this trinity. Faithful is the God who began a good work in you who also wants to bring it to completion. Say, what kind of life do we have? If the 825 service was the only service in Trinity, what's our future look like? What's our potential look like? If this is who we are, and you know what I have to say? We have more people here than the 12 Jesus had in his day. The potential for this church is unlimited because of who your head is. You see, with us, Things would be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so the church was taught that it begins and it ends with the Father and His love for you. God is love. When you stand before Him on Judgment Day, I want you to remember that Smith told you, God is love. And you can trust that. You can trust the God that's going to cause you to stand in front of him because he loves you with an everlasting love. That's good news to hear at church today. He loves you with an everlasting love. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. But you know there were others in the crowd. Some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Now the word seven is the word meaning the number meaning completion. God had seven creative days. On the seventh day he rested and it was holy. When the Bible says Mary had seven demons, don't be disillusioned. It meant that she was completely controlled by evil, by the devil, by the enemy of God. Everything in Mary's life stood exactly opposite of who God is. Everything in Mary's life stood opposite of God. That's not the place you want to be in in Scripture. A desecrator, the only thing that came out of her, the Bible said, was evil. But when Jesus met her, he took the evil out of her. Mary becomes one of those who's a believer. And, and listen to what the Bible says. These women were helping to support the disciples and Jesus out of their own means. They were paying their own way to be with Jesus, to be with the believers. They were footing the bill. A woman who had seven devils now giving all she has to be numbered with Jesus Christ. Do you know something, brothers and sisters? She is the first witness to the resurrection of Jesus. 
A woman who had seven devils. That's meant to encourage you today. You see, not only is God love, but God loves you. And he loves everything about you. And if you have evil or you feel like you're broken or you feel like there's things in your life that are unpleasing to God, you can do the same thing Mary did. Bring them to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus promises from his word? Truly, I say to you, the one that comes to me, I'll never turn away. You know what the Bible says about Jesus since he'd been raised from the dead? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning that when Christ tells you, he'll never turn you away. It means there's room in your life for him. He delivers us from evil. He delivered Mary from evil. We prayed today in the Lord's Prayer to be delivered from evil. You know, many people think this deliverance from evil is just a, it's a future thing. It's, it's something that gets us to heaven. It doesn't really have anything to do with day. Oh, no, no. Mary's life was changed then and there, just like your lives can be changed here and now. Do you have faith that will let you surrender to Jesus today? So that all evil can be cleansed and you can be changed here and now. We already prayed the prayer. Deliver us from evil. Mary, no longer having seven demons, becomes the first witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And she was paying her way, man. The third witness is Thomas. He just couldn't believe all the stuff he was hearing. He didn't believe it. He couldn't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. You ever hear a story, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is too good to be true. That was Thomas. Man, he was an everyday guy. And he looks right back at Simon Peter. He looks right back at uh, Mary Magdalene and says, look, you can tell me anything you want about Christ being risen from the dead, but I'm not going to believe unless I see for myself. And so Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. See, Tanya has sung for us this morning, Thy will be done. Sometimes Jesus doesn't even get the polite opening of a door, but he loves you so much, he comes where there is no door and there is no opening. He said to Thomas, peace be with you. Then he said, put your finger here. 
see my hands? And Thomas was healed. See, we've been talking about God our helper, God our healer. First, we laid it out in Scripture that he promises to do it. Secondly, we said he can heal the mind and emotions. Last week, we talked about Jesus healing the body, but today we talk about Jesus healing the church, taking three witnesses, everyday people, and all of them became important in the kingdom of God. All of them named as believers in the Scripture because of Jesus. Tony Campolo, have you heard the name? Prolific worker from Eastern. Uh, Fred and Claudia have a, have a daughter that teaches over at Eastern. She still teaches there, doesn't she? It's a long story. Thank you for ruining my, Never mind, I, I should do my... Fred and Claudia's daughter used to teach at Eastern, and Tony Campolo used to teach at Eastern. He was invited because he's a prolific speaker to Hawaii. And uh, he went out there. And he went out there with his wife. But the hours were different. And he got his biological time clock all mixed up. And he, he got up and he went to a place that was a joint, kind of like a Waffle House would be or something like that. It was one of these late night joints. And there were ladies of the night there. And he thought, oh boy, here we go. And uh, he, he walked up to the counter, and a couple of these ladies were talking to one another. I'll call her Iris for lack of uh, knowing the exact proper name. Iris said, uh, it's going to be a long night. And the other one said, yes. And she goes, I, I wish I had this week off, but there is no off in this business, but tomorrow's my birthday. And they said, are you going to have a party? And she laughed. She said, in my whole life, I've never had a birthday party. And she left. So Campola walked up to the ladies and said, you know, it's not right that Iris should never have a birthday party. And uh, anyway, he said, I think we ought to pray about giving her a birthday party. And the owner of the store said, hey, hey. What are you talking about? Pray. And he said, well, I'd like to have your blessing to bring her a cake tomorrow. And the next evening he showed up with a birthday cake. And finally the guy said, hey, what, what kind of a religious guy are you anyway? And he said, I'm the kind of religious guy that brings birthday cakes to prostitutes. You see, I, I think the love of God is something that breaks every boundary we know. And when it does, the next person that's likely to show up in the resurrection scene of Jesus is Iris, a lady of the night. If you don't believe me, go look up Rahab and see where she came from. A prostitute on a wall of Jericho until she gets the touch of God and then she becomes one of the great-great-grandmothers in the lineage of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to earn your way into God's favor and love. He loves you with an everlasting love. He wants to heal his church. He's the head of his church. And so we learn from Simon Peter that God will do everything that's necessary to be done if you give him the chance. 
We learn from Mary of Magdala that he can deliver us from evil and he can get it done here and now. Most of us just hope that by the time we get dragged to judgment day, he gets the stuff off of us so we can get in the door, right? Isn't that the way we think a lot of times? He can get it done here and now in you and in me and it's free. And then finally, it's okay if you have doubts. Jesus will come to you and he'll say, put your hand here. And when you do, you'll know that you've taken the hand of the one who is the only one who has everlasting life. And he's the only head of the church. Trinity Church 825 will never be greater than our ability to open up to God. But we have a bright future because of who our God is. He's our healer. He's our helper, church. He's our Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.